Poet Revolt Cosmetics helps you shine in all your moments with a variety of clean, cruelty-free, and non-sticky lip glazes. This makeup artist created and approved brand carefully curates clean ingredients including peppermint to help you feel good and do good as a portion of proceeds goes to selected mentorship programs that give youth and young adults the confidence and tools to be successful. Holt Revolt offers long-lasting shine and moisture, and this is the part I'm excited about, Taylor. Tell me about it. <laughs> Holt Revolt is also offering our listeners a 10% discount off your next purchase using code CIRCLE when you check out. Get glazed today at HoltRevolt.com. That's H-A-U-T-E-R-E-V-O-L-T.com. Awesome. Go check it out, y'all. Check it out. Hey, y'all. So this episode, we met with Allie, and it was really cool, like, just learning more about her and her background. She's one of Taylor's friends. Um, Dr. Allie oh, Igwe. Excuse me, let me <laughs> fix that. Dr. Igwe. So um, it was really cool, like, learning about the work that she does and that she's um, continually doing in school, but then also getting on an off topic about exploring boundaries and how she had to, like, even set boundaries with some of her friends and her family about, you know, whatever you know was going on in her life and really kind of giving us some tools and tips or things to think about on exploring boundaries our own mindset mental health etc yeah i really enjoy our time together we always have really intellectual conversations ali and i and in this episode um we'll get to hear a little bit more about maybe some personality tests not maybe actually where we talk about (laughs) um the life path number and all in all it was a really well-rounded conversation and i'm sure y'all will enjoy it yep so enjoy enjoy Hey y'all, it's Amber Sharif and Taylor Breeze here. And this is the Inner Circle Podcast. Welcome to the Inner Circle, y'all. We have six weeks left, y'all. Oh Actually, goodness. is it more than that? Um, honestly, it's about... I'm not keeping track. So. Oh, well, I think it's more than that, though. Maybe like another week or so. Yeah, I think like seven, mm-hmm. maybe eight. I don't think it's eight. Well, there's a fifth week in December. Uh, Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. We're getting close to the end of the year, y'all, so... It is going really fast. I feel like this year went by really fast. Yeah, it did go by really fast. I also feel like it it was a blah year. Like, yeah, it's just kind of yeah. like, I'm glad it went by fast. Like, there's yeah. sometimes when things go by really fast and you're like, oh, I wish I had more time to do blah, blah, blah. But I'm kind of like... Yeah. 2022 i'm not gonna say anything about my expectations or anything because every time we've done that for the last like three years <laughs> we've all been really let down but yeah I, i'm like eh, it's just time at this point like it's just time passing so hopefully you know 
y'all have had a decent year yeah um coming into recovery from covid and everything like that um yep and i think also too um I don't know. I feel like 2020 was like a year of anxiety and BS. And then 21 was like, okay, well, it's going to get better. And then I feel like 21 was like a throwaway year. I think it was funny because like there was a collective anxiety in 2019. Everybody's like, uh, this class or this year is trash. Like we want to like move forward and everything like that. And then 2020 happened and then the COVID-19 pandemic yeah and so and then 21 and then everybody was kind of uh in 20 thinking oh maybe this is just going to come to pass and now we're here in 2021 and we're still COVID is very real still and I think it's hard because we've been in it for so long that our nervous systems are just kind of like shot (laughs) and rightfully so we've been through a lot and I think we've came through a lot of adversity and I'm excited to see what's on the other side honestly yeah I think all of us now are like not really setting expectations we're kind of like obviously we want to set goals and different things and things that like aspirations of things that we want to do yeah um in life in general whether that's like going on a trip or you know making a new friend or making more money or getting into grad school or traveling or what whatever it is but I think we're like we're also thinking in our head our mind space has changed like but does this bring me joy but is this worth my time is it worth your time yeah or that's a really key question yeah and it's just like at this point I feel like we still have expectations but we're like but if it doesn't work you know whatever like it gives you point uh, a lot of uh you know sometimes I'm the type of person who like plan a plan b plan c plan d type of person Mm -hmm. and uh when the feeling's right and it's no priority really I mean yes I'm going to start with a um but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to foresee b if it just doesn't feel right um so like I think what's nice about having these unexpected turns is those alternative plans get a chance to shine yeah. and then your life really is your life really gets led down a path that is right for you at that moment for the greater purpose and I think a lot of times yes we may get lost in the sauce and maybe not end up where we thought we would be but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not where we're supposed to be yeah um and I think we're all supposed to be here I think there was a really big call to humanity during the COVID-19 pandemic and um just watching how some of these major companies have shifted their paradigm on how they treat their employees Mm -hmm. and the amount of flexibility that we had to have has made it more apparent that that's kind of what we should be operating with anyways so I'm I'm here for it I'm excited to see where the future will take me and everyone who's listening here I I know that there's something for you but you're supposed to learn wherever you are now so that you can go to the next place that allows you to walk in your purpose for sure I agree
All right. Well, y'all, we went off on a tangent at the beginning. <laughs> Normally we go off on a tangent towards the end, but just thinking Taylor and I was talking right before this episode just about like life and stuff like that. And I was just like, like we're getting closer to the end of the year, but this is one of my favorite times because of family and friends. We yeah. host a lot during this time, um, Nick and I. And so I'll, I already know for the rest of the year, we're going to have people consistently in our house for the rest every of the thing yeah. there every weekend, which is okay. We're okay with that because we like family and I like having people around. So it works out. So, yep. And the singles sit there and pretend they're happy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Lord just Jesus. Well, you yeah. know, you can always come to my house. Well, that still doesn't help the fact that I'm single. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, Friendsgiving is coming up, and I think most of them are in a relationship. Yeah, but there's most a, of them are married. <laughs> but some of them are not. Okay. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Taylor, what's the word of the week? So um, I actually changed it just slightly because it was going to be companionship. Mm-hmm. But in the definition of companionship was a word that I like even better. Okay. It's fellowship. Okay. Okay. Um, fellowship is a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interest. And a lot of time we think of fellowship when we're thinking about um, church. I know that's like one of the main um, components of Christianity is fellowship. However, a lot of times throughout our life, fellowship is important for reaching your goals and also for self-help. Uh, reasons or should mm-hmm. I say self-care reasons yep um because the key component to fellowship is having someone with similar interests mm-hmm. I think it's nice to be with people who challenge your beliefs right mm-hmm. and I think there's also a certain comfortableness that we get when we're with someone who accepts us for who we are and respects our beliefs and our boundaries and a lot of times our fellowships allow us to do just that they reinforce who we are yep and we continue to grow in what ways we're supposed to yep yeah well I mean that's very timely in the month that we're in yeah because we're it's all about fellowship this month yes sistership fellowship (laughs) family sisterhood I'm pretty sure I don't think that's a ship but that's fine well yeah that's fair (laughs) well that is the word of the day so word of the week oh yes word of the week uh it's funny because like you'll do it and I'll correct you (laughs) so um on this interview, mm-hmm. uh, we have my friend Ali Igwe okay. who comes mm-hmm. in and she is telling us uh, more about boundaries yes. and all of the components that are really vital for boundaries communication, understanding who you are through various different means. So we talk a little bit about path life path number Mm -hmm. and also um her research which she is a microbiologist studying microorganism interactions in soil for the purpose of um uh agricultural um 
like implications so just better growing um yeah yeah so enjoy guys enjoy so welcome guys um we have a guest on today Allie um one of Taylor's really good friends and so Taylor you want to introduce your friend yeah, so Ali, I feel like I'm gonna butcher your last name, but I think it's Way. <laughs> yeah, and- <laughs> I always feel like uh, insecure. Anyways, so um, Ali and I met a few years back when we were working in the same space. Um, it's called the Student Recruitment and Retention Center, which um, I've had Maggie on. If y'all remember from way back, mm-hmm. um, that's how well me and Maggie met off that but also worked in the same space together but me and Allie uh, we cultivated that she was a grad student while I was an undergrad and um, one of the main things that I remember of our interactions is once she was a success coach so we talked about grad school and school at that point and then secondly um, she taught a boundaries uh, um what do you want to call it? Like, like a, a workshop? Yeah, a workshop. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so I w- was like, this woman has all these things and boundaries. <laughs> but we talked about that offline so we could uh, get into that more later. But um, welcome, Allie. Welcome, Allie. All right. Thank y'all both for having me. And I really appreciate the invitation, Taylor. It's really, you know, nice. Of course. Just yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It feels good to be invited. So yeah. (laughs) I immediately thought of you and I thought of a successful black woman in academia. That was like number one and number two was the level of death that you have. So um I definitely am thankful that you made some time for us. Um, so why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, self, maybe, um, you know, where you're from, who you represent. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, right. So I was actually born in Northern Cali. I was raised in Houston, Texas, went to school in Howard in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, made my way back to Texas for my master's in College Station and then did my PhD at UC Davis back, um, you know, in Northern Cali. And yeah. now I'm actually in Florida doing my postdoc. And so I've kind of just been all over these places um, for my school, for education, yeah. for just different opportunities. And I study Uh, plant microbe interactions. I try to understand how microbes help plants adapt to soil stress and try to understand how microbes themselves adapt to different soil environments. And right on top of that, uh, Taylor mentioned success coach is something I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Just helping people identify their own goals and you know, figuring out an action plan to help them achieve them. Yeah. And that, yeah, the boundary thing was funny because that's something I was struggling with at the time, but people really love that, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> workshop. And so I'm glad uh, it's been of use or helpful to people. Yeah, I definitely also think like during your trials is a good time to kind of preach about what you're going through too. So I definitely found a lot of value in that. 
Um, also, for the people in the back, could you maybe um, explain what microbes are? Microbes, okay. They are things that are organisms you can't see with the naked eye. You need a microscope to see them. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, they like the first people who developed microscopes and all of that, they called them like animalcules. Oh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, they are, they're like, they are, they're, they're organisms, they're little animals and um, just ones we can't see, you know, we can see elephants and whales and these big mm -hmm. giant things and people study them and how to conserve them and like how, what they eat and how they live. And so I kind of do the same thing, but with microbes, like what do they eat? Yeah. Where do they live? How do they reproduce? Um, what is needed for them to like live and thrive and stuff like that? Yeah. So when we huh. think about microbes now, like for myself, I think of a lot of times um, uh, like microbiota. So more of like your gut flora and like what lives on you. So like all these different things. Now we're talking about, I know you're more like soil and plants, but even as humans, we have all these microbes that we have we're our own ecosystems ourselves if you really think about it yeah and yeah like I think now people are starting to like understand that more so we know we have like activia and all of those yogurts and stuff with probiotics in them to yeah. help with your gut health and like um and I guess to bring this up like maybe people have dealt with this, but like, maybe if you're a person with a vagina and you've had like bacterial vaginosis mm -hmm. and that's literally just like the bacteria or the microbiota in your vagina, um, getting out of whack, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, because people have, you know, you have your unique, your unique biota. And then sometimes you introduce something to that biota and it clashes and it yeah. just messes your body up. So, yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Amber, what how much of your work like touches in? Cause when you guys were talking about, especially plants, mm -hmm. I think of like, when I think of plants, I think of food. And so mm -hmm. how much does your work touch like kind of food science and helping like individuals or just in academia understand like what we, what the plants and how, they're grown and you know the soil and stuff that they the process they have to go through to grow how does that also impact when you take it to the next step and you you eat those plants or does your work not even touch even that so my work right now like as it stands doesn't touch that but that's my interest okay and that's how I hope to apply my work so I've started to like volunteer with the urban garden out here mm -hmm. just to like get to know more about you know that side of like food justice and food system and everything like that but that comes into play um in a variety of different ways. Like the work that I do can be applied. There's like companies coming up that are looking at applying microbes to plants in order to help them like grow bigger, to help them adapt to um, drought stress. And you know, the reason you have to wash your greens and your lettuce and yeah. stuff like that when you get them is because of the bacteria and the microbes that are on them. But I definitely want to apply my work to Right. Helping if they need my help, if people right invite me in in order to help um, <laughs> urban gardens, right, kind of have this relationship with the 
food that they produce and the microbes that are in the area they are. Mm. Um, it would it be helpful to apply like a, a bioconsortia or microbes to help your plants grow better or stronger. Mm. And I'm really especially though interested in like plant medicine and food mm. is medicine for sure. But um, the aspect of like, so secondary metabolite production. Yeah. So the things that make the, the plant medicine medicine mm-hmm. and applying microbes in that aspect to make the medicine stronger. Yeah. yeah, that's really awesome. And also, you know, like you said, food is medicine. And so um, I actually looked over because I um, have a coworker who shared this um, uh, binder she used to work at like a medical um, school anyways so <laughs> they had a medicine garden which is really that's cool yeah so each one of the plants that they made there um, or grew there they had uh, medicinal properties and there's a lot of foods or um, plants that grow naturally indigenous here that we could utilize for medicine but a lot of times we just go straight for the synthetic stuff um (laughs) yeah but it's a lot easier because I'm sure a lot of people and a lot of people don't just have like mint leaves growing in their backyard but it's becoming more and more popular which um I think your research definitely could benefit a lot of people and you know knowing how to grow certain things for the area for a purpose so it's like so many layers to that yeah Um, and I was just thinking about that like when you were saying that um I know when I lived in Ohio I had met this lady that had like natural oils mm -hmm. and I told her that I had migraines and she gave me like this peppermint oil and told me to put it underneath my nose and like my neck and stuff like that and I was like Mm -hmm. who knew yeah (laughs) it's Mm-hmm. yeah it was <laughs> go ahead I'm sorry Ali no you're good you're good I was like it's it's definitely like a lot to learn and I'm still learning myself but I know like two years ago I started drinking raspberry leaf tea for cramps mm-hmm. oh. instead of taking um like pain medicine yeah. and that has worked wonders like I put my therapist on (laughs) like and she told me too she's like no like yeah that tea it does a lot and so I definitely believe in like you know western medicine to an extent and like working working with that and like but also using like plant medicine as like preventative medicine and like help with the helping with um I guess like things that aren't so serious yeah. because not every, you know, not everything does need mm-hmm. yeah. the synthetic medicine, like you said, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. it's still like things to learn about. Yeah. And I think that's more of a, a, I agree with you that that's more of like a Western thing. Cause I've traveled to Asia and they don't, I mean, they have medicine there, but they grow everything in, they, everything that they grow out of the ground, they eat or they use it for their face, uh, for any type of health benefit. And so mm-hmm. it's just interesting how us in America, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. I think we like to compartmentalize a lot of things over here, which is like not necessarily bad because it's like you have like your experts in certain things. 
And, but sometimes like we miss the full body or we miss the whole, the holistic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes when you take the medicine from the plant, for example, you find out, oh, it's this compound, but you miss all the other little compounds that are also working along with the plant. And so like, I definitely think there is room to like bridge that gap between like, like you, what you were saying in other cultures where there's kind of maybe some more understanding about plants and their inherent uses and like what we do here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can totally work together. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And I also wanted to touch on the fact, so you talked about um, earlier about at the time when I was talking about your boundaries um, presentation, you were actually, you know, growing um, strong in your boundaries and enforcing them. And so I guess my question to you is just like how a plant you just mentioned has all these different components to it. and realizing the you know the utilization of all the compounds together so like a human we have our boundaries and we also have our academia um and our our professional um you know calling and stuff like that how did you find your balance and enforcing your boundaries as you move forward through your profession yeah and um I would say it wasn't even necessary. It was like, yeah, I was learning how to enforce my own boundaries, but also like how to respect other people's boundaries, Mm -hmm. which is like equally as as important. And I think sometimes like we see all of those memes on Instagram and Twitter. um, And sometimes like they forget to mention like the respecting other people boundaries part as we're talking about how we enforce our own and you know, cutting people off for peace and all of that stuff. So it was like a process to learn the balance of um, how to not take other people's boundaries personally. Yeah. And how to decide where my own lines were Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And that's something I've been working on and I'm like better at it in my professional life, honestly. (laughs) And I'm still working on it in like my personal life. And it's more so just being upfront, I guess, and clear. And it's, um, and it's something that's like, can be scary if, or when you care a lot about like hurting people's feelings, or if you care a lot about how you're perceived, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to be perceived as a hard worker. I want people to know that they can count on me. Like, I used to really love that fact. Like, people can count on me. <laughs> like, that, that brought me, like, a lot of validation. Yeah. Um, that people felt that way about me. And, like, but at the same time, all of that, right, requiring that validation was a lot. So I'm, like, overextending myself so that people can continue to like view me a certain way and it would just it was kind of debilitating yeah and so I cleaned it up I think professionally first but that took that was its own uh struggle but it was just by just saying like oh I don't think I can commit to that or you know I work better like this and being honest yeah about that too like oh yeah I do work better at night actually all right right like I'm here on the weekend like I actually (laughs) I'm gonna come yeah yeah, I'm gonna come in on a weekend and I'm not gonna come in Monday so but I'm in a field I can kind of make that kind of 
decisions um, professionally. Yeah. I was just going to say what you had mentioned about boundaries is very relatable. I had to work on that this year because like, because like when you sign up for stuff, you just want to, you don't want to be a flaker. Yeah. I've like had to learn that, you know what, today, or I don't have the capacity to do this. I'm sorry. And then just move yeah. on. people try to figure out like, what's she talking about? What do you mean? Like, and then capacity. Like, I don't have the capacity. <laughs> you speak up. <laughs> but it's hard, especially when people like want you to do something or if you've done things in the past and they expect you to continue, you're just like, this year, I don't think I have the capacity for that. And then you have to explain yourself if that person is important to you and worth yeah. explaining to, but yeah. Is, and it's making that decision too. Like, when do you explain yourself versus when is like my no enough? And so mm-hmm. I'm still working on it in my personal life, although it's a little better. Like, and it's really just, again, like communicating and being clear mm-hmm. and like trying my best to be clear. Uh, I think the people closest to me, they're like, they're aware of my energy levels naturally and like right. of different boundaries, but even like, a couple of weeks ago, I like set a boundary with my best friend and it wasn't a bad boundary or not, not there are no bad boundaries, yeah. um, but, um, <laughs> but it, it was, it was just like, not something I would normally do, say or do, but it was like, just clear, like in the future, if you want this to happen, can you, can you give me a time limit or can you tell me X, Y, Z? Yeah. And it was like kind of scary because like, I didn't want her to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah. but like later, a couple of weeks later, we met up in person and she was like, I just want to thank you for setting a boundary with me. Mm-hmm. And like, it was super nice. And um, that's a good friend. She is. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is. I learned so much um, from her about how to be a good friend. She's like a very amazing friend. And so it's, but it's like starting I guess I'm starting to set boundaries with people in my personal life. And I'm finding that it's like, oh, things are okay. And uh, that they still love me. (laughs) Uh, I I love that. And I also want to just explore the types of boundaries. So you said there's no such thing as a bad boundary, which is true. And I also remember your... um, talk of the types of boundaries that there are so um I know there was fixed fluid can you (laughs) I'm about to to check myself Um, because it's been a while like since I taught that workshop but I definitely am like more aware of the different boundaries I know for sure like the physical one because that's um the boundary that was first like violated in my life and I had to like relearn for myself but definitely your physical boundaries uh your time boundaries like so how a person spends their time intellectual your thoughts and ideas emotional person's feelings sexual and uh, material so like your money and your possessions yeah and then within those the subtypes of boundaries I think it was like flick fixed fluid and uh, uh, I don't remember. I just remember the analogy of like a brick wall and then like water. And so I, 
I wanted to touch on that for myself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like the characters of your boundary or yeah. the quality of your boundary, how it can be, um, I guess, ba- basically like permeable or like semi-permeable or just like non-permeable at all. So like a brick wall, right? Nothing yeah. can get through. So they're very, they're very rigid. And it's like, so it's not, it's not, um, like, say, for example, I have a boundary where every day at 6 p.m. I go to the gym or I work out at 6 p.m. Yep. every single day. Yep. And it's like, if my boundary is rigid, there's no room for me to adapt based on maybe my energy levels or maybe the fact that I like sprained an ankle or maybe something very important came up um, like, I don't know, it's my best friend's birthday and like they're having their party at six or something like that. And it's like, I can decide now, no, I can't come to your birthday party because every day at 6 p.m. I go to the gym, but then like also I'm making the choice of like what I'm prioritizing. Like, can I not, adjust my boundary in this case yeah it's not like she asked she's not like she's asking me every day not to you know not to do this it's this one occasion and like that's the only available time or something like that so like sometimes they can be very rigid um and it can be difficult to develop I think close relationships when your boundary it's like a wall and that's generally how I have been like I Mm -hmm. put walls up a lot because it keeps me safe it makes me feel secure yeah um and of course you can have different boundaries different types of boundaries and different relationships with different peoples and different environment so like my professional boundaries are a little bit different than how I show up in my personal relationships versus how I show up in my most intimate of personal relationships you know um but yeah the brick wall is just rigid there's like no room for compromise and you shouldn't really compromise your boundaries but like if the compromise isn't gonna harm you in the long run or isn't like abusive the ask isn't abusive um or anything like that it's like okay to kind of shift and so like semi-permeable is like that so I talked about like a membrane and a little bit and like (laughs) um how you can how you can let some things in. And so that's that kind of like adapting your boundaries based on, based on new information. So it's like, oh, actually um, I broke, right? I broke my foot. I can't work out at 6 p.m. anymore um, because now I have to go to, f- maybe physical therapy is working out. This um, analogy is falling apart. Yeah, I, get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. We're, we're yeah. trucking along. We got you. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like, I can't work out the way I used to. I can't yeah. stick yeah. to my normal routine. I have to adapt a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and then permissive is kind of like, you're always adapting. You're, you actually don't really, you're, the boundary, the boundary does not exist almost. So it's like, oh yeah, every day I work out at six, but actually, okay, actually now I can't work out at six because I have to go to lab at six. Mm-hmm. I definitely think for myself and boundaries that it can sometimes be 
like even just discovering the boundaries can be really hard. Do you have trouble with that at all, Amber? Uh, well, you know me as a person. <laughs> <laughs> me, do you have trouble with that? <laughs> so I think for me, um, when it comes to boundaries, um, it's hard for me to draw them because sometimes I feel like I need to always accommodate. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I mean, I've learned as when I was younger, I, I had more of rigid boundaries that I stuck to um, yeah. and I didn't uh, compromise. And I feel like that's helped me progress in ways that I need to progress in. Yeah. But then honestly, after I had a kid, like all that went to shit so like it all went downhill because I feel like even when you try to and it's good to always have a routine um and have uh boundaries so that you won't get overwhelmed or anxiety sets in or different things like that or people have or set expectations for people but I feel like all of that goes back to communication Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, communication is, I'm good at communicating like with my husband, but sometimes I'm not as good as communicating with like my coworkers mm-hmm. or some family members or even friends because there's a certain way that I want them to perceive me. Yeah. Like at work, you know, and then we can kind of get back to Allie explaining mm-hmm. her boundaries, but I feel like at work, I want to be perceived as a team player, yeah. um, a hard worker, um, always willing to jump in, a high achiever, even though sometimes I make mistakes. But I think, you know, you have to sometimes understand you're human. So you're yeah. not always going to perform to 100% every day. Sometimes you're not going to want to take on team projects because you have limitations outside of work. So yeah. I, I'm not good at that. So it, it leads me to taking on work that I shouldn't, you know, that I don't have capacity, yeah. uh, but I can't tell my, I can't tell my boss or my team, Hey, I don't have the capacity to take on this today. I just have to figure out how to do it if I want to get paid, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I struggle in that. I think that's probably the bigger area I struggled and it's because I have a child now. Yeah, that I struggle even more because Taylor knows me own. before a kid, not even before marriage, before a kid, I would pull all nighters. I would stay at work until 11. Like I would go and work at six, you know, like work was my life and my identity. Yeah. And as I've gotten older and had a few like medical issues because of the high level of stress mm-hmm. um, or the toll that is taking on my family, I've had to understand that that's not that's not going to continue to keep working either either I'm not going to be here for it or I'm not going to be the best I can be for my family so I think boundaries is so prevalent boundaries are these things right that I'm glad you talked about even like having kind of health issues and that forcing you to reevaluate because I had that I had like a burnout situation mm-hmm. and I had to like reevaluate uh, my boundaries and I think it's okay for definitely some boundaries to be um, non-negotiable and like to be a brick wall but also to adapt based on new information and where you are in your life and I think that's one thing in the workshop I tried to like 
impart on everybody that it's okay for your boundaries to change. Like it's okay for like, um, yeah, like to change, like based on the person, on the environment, like, yeah, I used to be able to work until 11, but now you have me until 5 p.m. So (laughs) (laughs) we need to figure out. Right. Figure Wrap this up. but like figuring out and the communication though I think is the key like what's the difference people talk sometimes like about oh what's the difference between like ghosting and taking space and it and it's the communication it's the Mm. I can't do this right now I'm gonna take space or I can't do this right now and I don't ever want to do it again actually (laughs) goodbye about ghosting so I just I have to interject in this because I mean I'm not a habitual ghoster but I have been known to ghost from time to time and the thing about it for me and I've never been seen or had it explained better for me is that like once there's sometimes that boundary that you hit of like okay I've tried to explain this to you. I've already told you kind of where I am. And then you continuously try to push past what I just said. So it's like that point of over explanation. And so it's never just the like, oh, I'm done with this friendship. Oh, I'm done with this, this dating situation. But it's like, we've had conversations about it. And those needs get repeatedly ignored and overlooked and those boundaries get crossed so many times and I just I'm like (laughs) trying to get off my podium but at the same time it's like I think it's important for people to know that sometimes in those rare occasions when you have tried to explain yourself and people keep over like stepping those boundaries it is best to remove yourself from the situation in the best way you know how. And like, that could be looking at a new job that could be looking at, you know, being single, that could be looking at, you know, reevaluating that friendship and also um, coming back to that family uh, relationship after a while, once they've had time to think about it. And so have you. Uh, notice I didn't call ghosting bad I didn't say I didn't say anything (laughs) negative about it I just said like the difference between ghosting and taking space because ghosting is also a form of communication it's Mm -hmm. like a (laughs) nonverbal it's also a form of communication right and that's something I think I've had to like get around to like even if I don't necessarily feel right because I've been ghosted I've done ghosting before too Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes it happens I mean I think sometimes um, people ghost without even all of the the communication you put in Taylor sometimes people just decide to like nah like (laughs) everything like that but I don't necessarily think it's bad or inherently bad yeah um because like if it was that bad, maybe not that many people would do it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that one, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm, it's not necessarily bad. It's just another form of communication. And, um, but I know like for my boundary, right? Like I actually don't do well with people that, um, that just kind of ghost. Yeah. 
And, and so like, I had a situation recently where I was like talking to somebody and like, I don't know what was up, but we kind of had like a routine Mm -hmm. and the routine just stopped. And like, I actually, because of my burnout and my situation with my health, I'm like, okay, there can be infinite number of reasons Mm -hmm. why this communication stopped. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to do anything I would have done in the past. I'm just going (laughs) to chill. (laughs) Like, try my best to chill. Yeah. And then like more time passed. And so I just asked like, hey, what, like kind of what's up? Yeah. Like nothing. And it was just like, that kind of um, triggers me in a different way. Like just like my abandonment wound opens up and like, it makes me go crazy in a sense. And so I just had to, take a step back and even though I guess it was already non-verbally communicated to me that this is not what they wanted as far as like maybe romantically or either way but I had to decide too that this is also not what I want because like I actually can't it's it's not good for either of us because um now instead of me being a person who's like just more understanding and lets people flow now I'm over here like what's going on what are you doing what yeah. time is it? What time? Like, I'm trying to check, yeah. check so much. I'm trying to control so much. And like, I've worked very hard to like, not be as a control freak or too type A and like, just more balanced with it of like, I have my routine. I just try to control what I me myself and I, I don't want to have to control another person. Yeah. Never have. And I, and I never want, and I, I don't want that. I don't want that. And yeah. I don't want, and I also don't want somebody who, um, who that's their first response yeah. is to ghost. And it's not bad because other people I've like talked about attachment styles and like people with like avoiding attachment styles, like that's their go-to. Yeah. I, I deal with people that have like anxious attachment styles, kind of like me better. They tend to over-communicate. <laughs> Which is and good it, for someone of the like, you know, like, yeah yeah I can understand it but from somebody who's like avoidant that could be like suffocating actually and yeah. stuff like that like Mitch, why are you talking sorry for cussing I, <laughs> I said shit earlier so yeah. you're free to but, say whatever you want to on there. but it's like why are you like why are you doing too much like why are you telling me all this why are you doing all this um but I'm able to like manage people with um anxious attachment styles a little bit better because I understand it a, a lot better, but like yeah. avoiding attachment styles is kind of like, all right. Yep. <laughs> like I, I'm not prepared for this yep. and that's okay. We can be acquaintances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then it works. Yeah. Well, we are kind of winding down a little bit and I really, something that, so Ali and I connected, uh, reconnected earlier this week. And so we had a chat and there was something that we talked about that I've been really jazzed up about this week. Um, so we talked about life path numbers Ooh. and, uh, <laughs> look, she starts smiling. I don't know what that is. So yeah. So Ali, can you explain that? And then Amber, I'm actually going to run your life path number right now. So, so you'll know what you are. 
Okay. Okay. Let's see if I can explain this well. I'm not a numerologist. Yes. And so your life path number is basically kind of like an aspect of your purpose or your mission in life, Mm -hmm. or kind of like maybe what characteristics you might have. And I always like to preface these things with like, it's just another way of knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know yourself the best, like you don't need any test or tool or anything to tell you who you are, but sometimes it is helpful to like read things and being like, oh, that is actually me. And um, having the words in order to like help you communicate, right? With others about who you are, what you need to thrive in different environments and stuff like that. So um, for example, my life path number is like 11. And one thing about 11s is like, okay, it's about the self is one, but it's Mm -hmm. also um, kind of about others because like one plus one equals two. So it's like an elevated two in a sense or a different two. And so, and also like, kind of like a bridge. And so that's kind of what, kind of what life path, I hope I explained it right. Yeah, you definitely (laughs) did. And I also want to just let Amber know what she is. So you are life path six. So how how did you come up with that? So how you calculate it is, I just used a calculator, but it was actually really simple if you did it by yourself. So what you do, you add up the day of the month that you were born and you add up the number month that you were born and they also asked for a year but I don't know how the year was factored into it because um I don't like yeah I really don't know how you would come up with six from this (laughs) six works because I am number six. So that actually is kind of cool. That's a, look at that. Look yeah. at her. <laughs> She's number six on her sorority line. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. And so six is the number of family, nurturing. Um, hmm. Let me look. I just scrolled away from it. But um, I think that's really cool because I could see all these characteristics, characteristics coming through you. Um, so a lot of love, affection, care, and humility um and so that's pretty cool I don't know what all the numbers stand for and I do want to reiterate like what Allie said no test or number or you know human design or anything astrology will tell you who you are but it's really nice especially when you're going through disruptions of self to um, come back to um you know what you could be or remind yourself of the positive attributes that you want to reinforce in your life. So um, I am a life path nine. Um, Nine is a number of completion and uh, some other things. Let's see what Google says. Uh, (laughs) uh, Life path uh, nine, learning to let go, roll with uh, change, um, and embrace new beginnings. So that's what nine is about. It's the destiny path. So do you feel like it's, it resonates. It's true for you. I do, especially being that I was the last child of my mom's. And so that's like a completion of a generation for my mom's matriarchy. Um, and then, well, I mean, but then it's also a beginning because I am, 
the beacon of life, if you will, for another generation to come after. Um, and so I think that's really cool. I also feel like it said like nines are usually uh, told to be um, before or beyond their time. And I've many times been told like, are you like an 80 year old in a 20 year old body? <laughs> <laughs> like that type of level of introspect and not wisdom because I haven't lived that long, but wisdom in the sense of like kind of that self-reflection and then at the same time um letting go of things is hard for me um and so it's like that's my life lesson as a nine so yeah, yeah. I think it does resonate and that's why I like these things like um human design and astrology and the now life path number um Enneagram I've got into um all these different tools is really what they are they are not a yeah. life yeah so yeah well <laughs> amber is over here because how what do you feel about your number six do you feel like that resonates with you yeah I mean I strive to all of that like yeah. I try to be humble I think the the adjectives or the traits that you mentioned I've e- evolved into because mm. I can definitely say that I some of that stuff I didn't used to have when I if you knew me growing up or when I was younger I think I've evolved and to where I'm at like 31 to those I, I also would like to say that as much as I'll make fun of you for being a mean teenager uh-huh. I you <laughs> you know you were not nice as a teenager but you were always caring for me and Heather. Like at the end of the day, when it came down to it, you always did, you know, what we needed and loved on us. So I want you to not think you're just a terrible kid or oh <laughs> anything. I don't think I was terrible. I think I was very independent mm. and very, I wanted to do things the way that I wanted to do them. And I wasn't really tactful in my communication a little selfish oh, yeah but tactful communication oh <laughs> that's the key yeah that's something I just evolved I'm evolving into as well 30 yeah. <laughs> it takes time and work because sometimes you just it depends on who the person is with Taylor I'm just a little bit more blunt I'll say exactly what my husband I'll say exactly what's on my mind yeah. might not be technique you said what you make me have to do my breathing technique (laughs) I'm like all right girl well breathe some air over there but (laughs) but I think like as you get different in different spaces sometimes people perceive the way that you even if you're trying to be transparent some sometimes people can't take in what you're trying to say like I would say my our little sister well my little sister Heather Heather is very much more um, if you don't communicate with her in a way that she can receive it, she will just not respond to you and, or she'll get very upset and, or, you know, emotional. And I think if you want to have a relationship with her, you have to be more tactful yeah. in, your, in your language. So I've learned that. Uh, yeah. 
I've been working. Oh, chakras. That's something. Um, I've been working on my crown chakra, which is the last, I think it's seventh or ninth chakra. I can't remember how many chakras there are, but um, (laughs) I'm... I shouldn't kid about things like this, but I am partly being sarcastic in the way that I just been trying to let whatever, not whatever, but most things like my true authentic self into conversations, because a lot of times I'm quiet in a conversation with who is not be I said I was about to explain. Oh, okay, go ahead. Not because I don't have thoughts on what's going on it's because I have to like am I gonna choose violence or am I gonna (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you haven't seen the memes like she woke up today and chose violence like it's just people Um, doing petty things not petty but like just being real like I don't know so for me it was just trying to be 100% with what I had to say and um, not necessarily always thinking about how it was going to be received, which is a blessing and a curse. And luckily for me, a lot of the time, especially this last week, uh, people just received it without uh, much um, aggravation. It was just like, okay, you know, and that was nice. And it kind of encouraged me to keep doing it. But at the same time, (laughs) I know that that's not how I can get be productive and get through this life in a peaceful way. And that that's my always come to self is peace and abundance. So um, yes, it's (laughs) funny communication for me, it's so interesting, because it's like, right, it's different with different people. Mm-hmm. and like I think for me when I'm upset I always sound like I'm sending like a professional email <laughs> because I try to choose my words carefully and I'm trying to like you know make things smooth things over yeah. and stuff like that it's but it's um it is what I feel but because I'm like very into like just what you say when you're mad you can't really take it back So I'll, I try not to say too much, but sometimes it comes out, but like, so like with one of my best friends, when we are upset or when we're communicating to each other, it's actually very straightforward and it's usually how I talk and she knows how I am. So she like, doesn't, if I said something just like, I said, I was sleepy and you said you still wanted to talk and that made me mad I did not want to do that (laughs) and we can like just state the facts and talk to each other and like resolve and she know and and, and it just works well for us and like and like my other friend though we had to grow into that level of communication because we used to kind of like scream at each other Mm. and like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's not like I don't like being screamed at she doesn't like being screamed at and like um I think something happened and my voice was elevating and she just was like you're raising your voice and I was like oh my bad Mm -hmm. like and like to pull it to like pull it back because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like communicate I'm trying to communicate and like the goal is I want to still be friends after this yeah and um yeah and then and it works so that like I'm able to you know 
talk with my family a little bit more when it comes to conflict resolution and stuff like that like I don't know families are always different though real different (laughs) I mean mean, in the sense of like because my family gets the authentic me they get all the f you not like I don't ever say f them but like more in the situation of like uh just being authentic (laughs) and be like I don't want this no I'm not doing it (laughs) yeah and yeah it's my family is just starting starting like but it's like something because I just had like two amazing conversations with members of my family today and it's like they're just starting it was like just starting to get the real me in Mm -hmm. a sense because I was like the member of the family who just was kind of always quiet Mm -hmm. and like even my niece told me was like yeah you were always actually very private like I felt like I didn't know anything about you Mm -hmm. and like my sister-in-law told me he's like yeah um you just were always nobody knew what you were thinking unless they asked you directly because you were the type to if somebody was like going on a rant or saying something you would just be like oh damn or like the kid, <laughs> the kid version of that like oh yeah. and like yeah. maybe walk away oh, or peanuts. just right peanuts <laughs> or, just, or just stay quiet like usually just um you know letting people vent to me and yeah. then just going off by myself somewhere but like unless you ask me directly and what do you think about that like I wouldn't say anything about it and so actually a lot of people in my family thought I agreed with them on matters that I did not agree with them on (laughs) and so like just in the past few years where I've started to express myself more and speak out more and that actually caused right some conflict because now I'm talking more yeah and so now it's like uh, where did this come from it's like well it's always been here I just never said anything and now Mm -hmm. I'm starting to say things yeah and so yeah yeah well I appreciate you sharing everything unfortunately we have to wind down (laughs) um before we go we always do a rapid question um series so they can range in depth um I like to keep mine pretty light but Amber has free will to do whatever she wants (laughs) (laughs) um so I guess we'll just get started. Um, so my first question to you, Allie, is would you rather be in Florida or California? Oh, um, would I, ra- I guess I would rather be exactly where my growth requires. I don't know. Um, <laughs> or should, I that. mean, okay, not <laughs> rather but what did you like more or what are the different attributes that make you undecided? I'm laughing. I'm coughing. Cause it's like, it's a lie. You know, it's California. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Just only because it's something that I was used to. I liked being near San Francisco, but not in the city. Yeah. I liked Tahoe. Um, I liked I don't even smoke like I used to. Yeah. But I like the option. Yeah. And yeah. The, the the option is here too, but it's it's not the same necessarily. Or I could get into it, but it's just like why? 
it's not recreational so you have to like pay all this money and like get on the list it's funny (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like it um I kind of like California. Florida is cool. Like I'm in Miami. It's a place people want to visit. Nobody wants to come see you in Sacramento. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> but people want to come to Miami. So that's cool as far as like getting visitors and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I like Sacramento. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. that you just said that because so many people are like, Florida is so much better than California. I'm like, no, it's not. Sorry. Anyways, Amber. What would you say? So being in California, what was your favorite food that you liked? And you can also, if you don't want to do California, you said you were from Texas. So I know that that there's food down there too. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll start with Texas. Um Shipley's donuts. Okay. Yeah. My, and, and the thing about California is they don't warm up their donuts. I don't know, Taylor, if you remember that being a thing in the SRC that I talked about often because why don't we have microwaves in the donut shops in California? Um, but um, in Houston, there's Shipley's Donuts and that's just like a thing I have to get. Or I try to get whenever I go home and um, Papa's Barbecue has this like amazing ass, big ass uh baked potato yeah that I I love it so much like it's delicious it's good food in Texas so pop-up barbecue and then Shipley's donuts yes okay we'll share that with all the listeners (laughs) for some reason I thought you were gonna say this big hunk of brisket I was like oh yeah I mean you can get brisket (laughs) you can get brisket on the baked potato Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. It's a, it's a loaded baked potato. <sighs> okay, mm-hmm. that's changed a lot of things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Next question. Um, uh, I, Amber, do you have a question? Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, ah. Okay, okay, so I have one. If you don't want to go, yeah, please. So we talked about urban gardens earlier, oh, and yeah. how that relates to your work. So just high level, what is the most, like, where are one of the vegetables or fruits or just anything that is um, grown in the urban garden that you're most excited about that you're like, this is my baby. If it goes from, you know, you know, plant to now that I can pick it, you know, I would love to like explore, explore it and eat it and it would be so good. That is a great question that I want to figure out. So this last time I was volunteering, we were taking care of eggplant. And um, that was like, just cool to see. Cause like, oh, it's this little purple flowers and like, okay, how is it going to grow to carry the weight of this, Mm. this eggplant? Cause eggplants are heavy and it's this little flimsy thing, but I didn't start that one from seed, but I would be excited to see how that, um, how that grows. But also I think, watermelon Mm, okay like Mm -hmm. I love eating watermelon and I think it would be super cool to like grow it myself okay good so my question I'll wrap it up here with what would be your advice to anyone who is interested in pursuing a PhD oh I would say that um you don't have to decide your interest right away. Mm-hmm. You just have to like 
have a general idea of what you want to work on. I would say you don't have to finish it just because you start. I know people are like, finish what you start, but I'm a fan of quitting. Like <laughs> <laughs> when something doesn't work for you anymore, like quit mm-hmm. and find something that does. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's it's kind of a sense like people are like, oh, it's five years of your life or 10 if you're in um, the humanities Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's something to think about. But it's like, if you get in there two years in and your mental health is so bad and your physical health is so bad and you're around, um, you have an abusive PI, you have anything like, you don't have to finish at that institution or you don't have to finish the PhD at all. You can decide something else is better worth your time and energy. So I would say, you don't have to have it all figured out. Just take the next step. Yeah, that's so relevant to my husband and his decisions that he made this week. Like that's like confirmation of what you just said. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, no problem. Glad I could help. <laughs> and you know where I'm at. So you know <laughs> that was preaching to me. Uh, yeah. Just take the next step. Like just yeah. try it. See if you like it. If you don't, you know. Yeah. If it no longer serves you, let it serve someone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank Alex, you. for coming and sharing all your amazing wisdom and just your experiences. It, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun talking to y'all. Thanks thank for having you. me. Absolutely. Take care. Right. Talk soon. Well, welcome back. We hope you guys like that uh, That that episode that interview yeah i mean the episode was mainly made up of the interview (laughs) we just throw a little spice in the beginning and end so yeah i feel it i really liked ali a lot like i'm really enjoying having taylor's friends because taylor i've i've heard taylor talk about a lot of these individuals but never like i've never met most of them Mm -mm. so it's been kind of cool especially ali i was like i like her yeah, Ali will get you together real quick. She is very goal-oriented and, mm-hmm. and is very intelligent. And I'm really glad to have met her and have her on the podcast. Yeah, um, and she's not that much younger than me, isn't she? I'm not exactly sure how old she is, to be honest Okay, with you. I know that um, she got her master's before she got her PhD. And so that by just like... Um, deduction of what I know about her career path I Mm -hmm. know that she's a a little bit older than me so she's probably about your age honest probably like 28 29 like maybe 30 maybe She's over here getting it, Black yeah. Girl Magic. Yes, she's down in Florida, tearing mm-hmm. it up. Enjoying that beautiful sun while we're freezing up here. I know. I was literally, like, scraping my car this week, and I was like, <laughs> I hate this! I hate this! And so if somebody was walking by, I was verbally cussing while I was scraping my car at 7 I bet you miss our garage. I do. I, I was over here. I told, I called mom. I said, if I don't get in grad school, I'm coming back. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. But, <sighs> so Taylor, what's our self care tip for the week? So I want to reinforce. So this is coming back from last week. Mm-hmm. It's important to set goals. Mm-hmm. And now that you have identified your goals, 
hopefully you have set some in action. Mm -hmm. um, and the main thing that I, I was watching this YouTube channel called um, How to Become That Girl. And I really just put it in the background while I was doing other stuff. Um, and so I didn't hear all of it. But the part that I did hear about it was how she sets goals. Mm -hmm. So she'll set big goals. Um, I can't even remember the YouTuber. And honestly, it was a super, it was like a 50 minute long video. So I don't know if I recommend it besides some of the takeaways, which I'll give you here. Mm -hmm. um, we'll also put it in a show notes okay. just in case you are interested, but you could probably do without it. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so um, because of these tips, not that it was a bad video. Understood. Um, so basically she was saying when she sets big goals, what she does in a three month and six month increment is set smaller goals that will lead to the bigger goals. So if I say by February, I want to be a certain weight, right? Mm -hmm. I then know at this point in my life where I have about uh, three months that what can I be doing per month that will set me up for uh, success? Are you doing this by end? your birthday? Is that well, what you're basing I, it off of? That's just how I, I think about the year in terms of my birthday. Oh, okay. Like, mm -hmm, January mm -hmm. is not the first month in my head. February is. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Um, and so uh, and this isn't necessarily what she said, right? But I do think a birthday is a really good time to think about, like, you as an individual setting your calendar um, because sometimes it is a little bit tricky around holidays to really unless your birthday is like Christmas or something or New Year's it yeah could, it could be tricky to set um, you know a usual pattern and goals during the holidays so I just throw mm -hmm. them away anyways so if I said I wanted to lose a certain amount of weight by February right right now that we're in November, I would be saying, okay, what does that look like? Well, my goal this month of November is to work out five to six times a week. Okay. Um, and that will lead to the bigger goal in February of uh, losing the amount of weight that I say that I want to uh, lose. Yep. Or if I say in fall 2022, I want to go back to grad school, mm -hmm. I have to know that grad school applications are due December 1st, yep. which means three months ago, I started on the journey of identifying schools and uh, contacting mentors to help me along the process in applying. Mm -hmm. And so I say all that to say that, yes, goals are important and you also need to have those action items, which is kind of inherent in a SMART goal, but I think there's a lot more uh, direction that you're able to gain when you actually sit down and identify steps to take to get you to those goals. Yep. I also, before I hop off, want to remind you that you are that chick or that dude, or that person, <laughs> because sometimes we forget, like, we don't truly believe that we are that person, mm -hmm. and when I say that person, that means the person that you imagine yourself to be, in the sense, like, I imagine myself to be that rocker, 
biologists, running things and helping people and uh, furthering the healthcare system in a progressive way. Mm-hmm. And right now it's maybe hard for me to believe that I'm able to do that because I only have the knowledge that I have now. And I challenge you all to consider the fact that when you become that chick, you're still going to have the same mentality that you have now. So what can you do to change your mindset, to shift the paradigm into I want to become that chick to I am that chick right now? So that may look like setting up morning routines it Mm -hmm. may look like journaling it may look like getting your LinkedIn together it may look like creating a new Twitter Mm -hmm. it may look like creating a new Instagram that actually portrays your interests and not just your face Mm -hmm. so I say all that to say that you are as much as you will ever be and that is a wealth of knowledge of opportunity and potential to be able to make it whatever you want to be able to. And that's that on that. Well, cool. Yes. So Amber, (laughs) what's our small changes matter? No, you got it wrong again. Every I I need to write it down. Just (laughs) every small change counts. Sure. What is it? Yes. Okay. Yay. <laughs> well, it's not counts. It's matter. Matters. It's okay. What did I say the first time? Not the correct thing. Um, but it's okay. okay. It's okay. You can just say professional, de- personal development, professional development, whatever. I'm going to write it down. Okay. That's fine. So, yeah, uh, a couple of things that are exciting for me this week. So, like we talked about in the past couple of weeks, and actually, Taylor and I were talking about maybe documenting this. So, I'll we'll share that once we figure the logistics out but um as a quick recap because last week I was very long so this week I'm going to be shorter um the first week we talked about your why second week we talked about your vision and mission and then third week we talked about which was last week we talked about your heart and soul but then we got into in depth of like journaling and self-reflecting on why you're doing certain things. So this week is about self-determination. And then we have two more weeks after that. So um, of our mindset series. And so I um, I know I've talked to you guys before about Erin Winters. Um, and she is a huge, um, inst- not Instagram, but YouTube um, star. That, I feel like that's how she became pop- super popular but she has a channel called Erin on Demand. And I've talked to you guys about her before in the top three notebooks that she has. So I actually, um, you know, Taylor and I are working on branding of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And also um, I would like to really try to, and I'm going to say this and now I'm going to have to hold myself accountable, really move my wine chef at home business to really be um, online and really do that very well. Obviously still do tastings and stuff. But anyways, the whole point that I'm bringing that up is that she has a lot of cool business tools and branding and stuff like that. And I'm not uh, creative, nor am I good at social media. And, you know, just I need I need a resource to help me 
and help us understand what we should be doing um, because right now we're so much at the capacity of like work and life and stuff like that that I don't have the time to do the research mm -hmm. and Taylor doesn't either so we just decided to invest some money <laughs> and maybe talk to somebody that knows what they're doing mm -hmm. so anyways we are in um, in the club they're reading this book called The 12 Week Year. And it's really, really cool. Um, it's, it's more about like, instead of change, changing your mindset from thinking about annual goals to thinking about um, things and, and aspirations and places and, and just your biggest dreams, condensing them into like 12 short, 12 weeks and thinking about, okay, instead of I have a whole year to get something done or I have a whole year to meet to reach my dreams of grad school or promotion at work or whatever you are doing think of it in 12 week increments so that you can so there's a sense of urgency mm -hmm. um and that since you have this only a limited amount of time to um focus on things that actually matter that will move the needle and not bs or get unfocused on things that take up your time and don't matter yeah I'm not that far into the book yet um we're actually supposed to read the first five chapters and I'm on chapter four but on chapter three I thought um there was this paragraph that I thought was really cool that leads us into our conversation today so I'm gonna read it for you guys really quick and then um I'm gonna leave you guys some, with some pointers so um, the paragraph reads, if you are going to perform at a high level, take new ground and be great, then you better have a vision that is compelling. In order to achieve a level of performance that is greater than your current performance, you will need a vision of the future that is bigger than the present. Mm. You must find a vision in what you are emotionally connected to. Without a compelling vision, you will discover there is no reason to go through the pain of change. Ooh. And so this comes to your self-determination to make that change. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get self-determination mixed up with inspiration. And so I, I would really like, because mm. you get like, oh, what motivates you is sometimes what people think, what inspires you. Yeah. And those are two separate things. And so I wanted to provide the definition of both provided by Webster. So inspiration is something that makes um, someone want to do something or that gives someone an idea about what to do or create that's inspiration so when you get on instagram and you see everybody with all the, the nice cars or whatever or living their dreams that's like inspiration that that motivates you to do something self-motivation is driven by one's own desires and ambition mm -hmm. so that's more personal so today we're going to talk about self-motivation yes and so hopefully I didn't say self-determination I don't you know did say okay sorry I meant self-motivation but I'm excited um so one of the things that I wrote down is what motivates you so mm -hmm. based off of kind of like the paragraph that I just read what are your biggest dreams we talked about this in the last couple of weeks like I know for me um when it comes to self-motivation I'm a very I, I feel like I'm uh, pretty good in that area I, I'm self-driven mm -hmm. some but sometimes I need a little kick in the butt to kind of get or I need friends and family to reel me back on focus that's my biggest thing I have so many ideas and I'm like oh I want to do this and I'm motivated to do everything and it's like but why don't you just focus on one thing mm -hmm. 
And so what motivates me to continue to do this podcast, wine business, try to be, you know, excellent at work and be a good wife and a, a, a mother um, in person is listing um, is these three things. This is what motivates me. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is like listing out my personal wins for the day. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm, I'm just saying this more at a like, practical level yeah. for you guys to take uh, away um and I got this idea from Bianca which we've talked about this before I used um normally I do have a to-do list but she was like why don't you do it to to done list so I think of like you know what what were my wins today if I didn't get everything done you know what motivates me to for positivity to be able to say, okay, you know, you, you did good. Mm. Um, so I write down those personal wins of the day. I also think about this when I'm thinking about things that I want to do in the future, I go back and think about things that I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, something so small as like, God, well, graduating is not small, but something, um, like graduating from school or, you know, I don't know, maybe a, a financial goal or, um, you know, maybe making a new friend or meeting certain milestones. So I think it's always important for your mental space and your mindset to um, think about what you did positive and not necessarily always focus on what you didn't do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that positivity is what feeds in what will motivate you and feed into your spirit to keep you going. Because I think we're always so focused on what we don't have or what we didn't achieve mm-hmm. that we it causes us to be stuck instead of saying like, for an example, Taylor was talking about weight. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that might motivate her is maybe taking before and after pictures and seeing how far she's come or maybe looking at her body stats or whatever and seeing how far she's come. So those days where she's like, oh, I gained two pounds, but maybe she lost 12 inches, you know, Mm -hmm. um, could be a motivation. And the second thing is gratitude. So I know what what keeps me motivated is um, either in the morning or the evening, writing down things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And so that could be some examples are family, loved ones, life and health, resources and opportunities. Um, and in my actual journal, it says, what is something good that happened today? Mm. So that's something cool so that you can always track that and see how well your week was, Yeah. Um, how well your week went, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is seeing others uh, win around me and being helpful if I could, if I could help in any way, help them win. And so that's what motivates me. I'm not one of those type of people that are like oh well she got a new car and I didn't so whatever I don't like her car yeah I don't do that because I just I feel like why can't we both get cars like you know like why why do we always feel like you know someone else has something or did something that we feel like we can't personally achieve that too um and so I I like seeing people around me win and that motivates me and I we talked about this in the last episode but people at work there's tons of people that are at work that are um talented in a whole bunch of different ways and have different type of skills than me and so I'm I'm always in a constant stage of learning whether that's in my personal life or um, professional life and so 
picking up something new that I've never done before or sitting with someone that is a lot smarter than me on a topic or a task like really motivates me to to be better so so yeah so those are three things that I would say um has helped me be self-motivated and so I think as you are going through your mindset this week and maybe working on your passion projects or your business or your personal life really sit back and think about okay why am I doing this like what's motivating me so um what what am I grateful for you know maybe you have maybe you're a single mom or something and maybe your child motivates you to continue to keep getting up every day and you know reaching your dreams or doing the things that you need to do so that's just an example but something to think about so yeah so I have two things yeah the first thing because I don't want to forget is there is actual physiology to the positive feedback loop that you were saying Mm -hmm. with the uh I've done this so I can do this again Mm -hmm. and like going forward there's an actual feedback that your body gives you when you release good hormones versus bad hormones because heart bad hormones uh, which is not really a real thing right but like cortisol that causes your body to stop responding to certain things Mm -hmm. and um so that like positive feedback loop is is a really good um tip Mm-hmm. with the um was it like things to be grateful for yeah things yeah. to be grateful for and then also the wins and the wins for the day yeah and then um I also was curious so what's your biggest dream what is my biggest dream yeah mm. um like in the physical like so I would say my biggest dream when it comes to, and I'll just say this one as far as work, because mm-hmm. this is the most recent one I can think of off the top of my mind, mm-hmm. is to retire by 55. Uh-huh. And so, um, and that one's just the biggest dream right now. Yeah. But I would say why that one is, is because I don't believe that we should be working until we die. Yeah. That's just me. Um, and I feel like I'm, we're so young right now that we could figure out how to make that happen. Like, I don't want to keep, yeah. So, um, and then at 55, what would I be doing on my 55th birthday? That's normally around the holidays. So I'll probably just quit and bask in the sun. It's usually in July, maybe take a trip with my husband. Um, and then junior will probably be in college or graduated. And if we have another kid, they'll probably be entering into college probably around that time I'll go like have lunch with my children um I would love to be able to like do community work so get more involved in Delta Mm -hmm. um in any particular capacity and then like maybe go to the Riley's Children's Hospital or some some organization around the city and like do community work and um you know, just, have, I don't know, network with people, maybe sit on a board and have fun, you know, just like really live life with no um, boundaries. Yeah. And, and I pick 55 because 55 is at an age where you're, 
you're, I wouldn't say almost at the end of your career, but you're getting fairly close to it. So you're kind of at the peak of where you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally that trails with the amount of money that you can, you're making. Um, and then also you're still in a good mind space and good physical health. Yeah. And if you so, take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that would be my biggest dreams for right now that's one of them at least good to know you're just telling people how to reach there so I was just curious what yours were yeah what's yours before we move on oh um my biggest dream is to be knowledgeable in a subject that allows me to create real progressive like futuristic change in healthcare. Okay. So that's uh not saying that, you know, I think doctors they definitely do have their place in society, right? We all get sick, we all need different things from a physician. However, I am really curious on normalizing a way for treatment. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of misdiagnoses, there's a lot of um, maltreatment, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, just human error that happens within the healthcare system. I am really interested in investigating different uh, mechanisms or devices that allow for more consistent treatment for all people. I think um, the one of the biggest problems with the healthcare se- system is um, biases, mm-hmm. and that translates into um, underrepresented communities not receiving as effective care as um, communities who are white. Um, so that's one thing um, that also translates into just building a better world um and also I want to live a life of luxury honestly Mm -hmm. at the end of the day I know (laughs) that is kind of what I want to come home to I want to have those marble floors and beautiful cabinets and counters Mm -hmm. and that chef kitchen that I could cook up in and you know having those amazing vacations with my loved ones and um having beautiful kids and honestly just living uninhibited and allowing others through health to live that way as well thanks okay well we are going to consistently keep reaching for our goals of course yeah so Taylor, where can you find us? You can find us on Instagram at theinnercircle.podgals. You can also send us an email at theinnercircle.podgals at gmail.com. Yes. And also you can find us on all major, um, actually not major, even any uh, podcast platforms, but um, make sure that you follow us. Okay on um spotify and make sure you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, and don't forget to rate on apple Podcasts too yes please so all right guys well you have a good week see y'all next week